this. We are addicted to God, shouldn't we? In everything we do, he should be our addiction. Yet addiction carries a negative tone when we say it. We should think of God over all things. I heard that spoken today. And in our addiction to him, our actions should be that of giving and not receiving. If we are addicted to God, what is an addiction? An addiction is when we chase after something and we can't stop chasing. That's what an addiction is. When we feel that we, there's this need in us, well, we have to, we have to have it. Shouldn't we have to have God? Shouldn't we feel that? Shouldn't when we wake up in the morning, we're seeking God? I'm addicted to you, Lord. An addiction is when we have no control because the need is so uh, enormous that we can't help but call on God. God, man, I'm addicted to you. We should have an inability to stay away from him. We should feel uncomfortable throughout the day when we have not had a conversation with him. Is anybody addicted to God? An addiction, if you study it, you'll find that it causes you many times to not want to socialize with others. Because we want to spend time with our addiction. Shouldn't we want to spend just that time with God? I don't want nothing else in the way. I don't want my friends. I don't want my loved ones. I don't want none of this stuff in my way. Why? Because right now I'm addicted to God. Right now I just want to be with him. I ain't got time to be socializing with your chicken madness because I'm in this ego zone right now. Because God, I'm addicted to you. I know you want me to have a relationship with you and I know that you want me to hang out with you and I know that you want me, but no, right now it's me and God. Me and God spending time praising you. Praising each, I'm praising God. I'm spending time praising God. Why? Because God, I'm addicted to you. Now let's dig a little deeper. What does addiction do to your brain? Hmm. Autism. Come on. It changes. 
When you look up the definition, it's similar to turning the volume down on a loudspeaker when noise becomes too loud. You take, come on, when you're addicted to something, you turn everything else down and all you can hear is your addiction. That's all I want. That's all I want. That's what I want to go after. That's how I want to live. That's what I want to believe. That's what, what I'd have to have. I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. Today, we're going to deal with one addiction that has been banging in the heads of saints for a long time. And because of the power that it has behind it, even church folks don't like to talk about it. Pastors don't like to talk about it because it strikes a nerve inside the church. It automatically causes your brain to go into another zone. And so therefore, many times you'll find leaders don't want to mention it. But it is it is, it is not where it should be. And today we're going to straighten some of that, those things out. And that thought we're going to talk about today is money. Over 70% of the world has become more addicted to money than they've come addicted to God. There are many people who are praising money more than they praise God. There are many people who are addicted to money than they are addicted to God. How do we know that? We wake up in the morning trying to figure out how we gonna make some more money. Mm-hmm. Without money, I'm willing to kill you. I'm willing to backbite you. I'm willing to talk about you. Everything is money, 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 money. How do I get more of it? The idea, did you know this? The idea of money, the first lessons of money starts from home. Hmm, what are you talking about, Pastor? It all depends on how you were raised in your house. The rich teach their kids to stay rich. The poor teach their kids, you got to do whatever you got to, you got to get a job. We teach them to fight and seek after nothing but money. Don't spend as much time talking about God like we should. You gonna be in my house and the minute you turn 18, you gonna get out, you gonna try to get you a job, you gonna have to get some money. I ain't taking care of you now. You spending too much of my money, you don't need that. Why you keep asking for everything when we get in the grocery store? <laughs> the first lessons come from the environment in which you were raised in. We teach them, we teach or been taught to seek after money, but in our seeking, because we have been pounded in our minds that we need it so bad, we become addicted to it, but don't want to admit that we do. I gotta pay my bills. I gotta do this. I gotta do that. I gotta, I gotta, and it all takes money. How am I gonna make me some money? I gotta have some money. Our attitudes change when we don't have money. 
But God calls us to seek after him even more than that. Can you admit that your parents, every day you woke up, you gotta have God. When you get out of high school, when you get out of high school, when you go to school, you, go, you better have God with you. Do they spend that much conversation about God? Do we spend that much conversation about God when we're raising our kids? Or are we leading them when you grow up? What you gonna be when you grow up? You gonna have to have some money if you don't want a little house with a little uh, white picket fence. Or do we wake up and say, you know what? You're going to need a little more Jesus in sixth grade. You're going to tell all your friends at, at school that they need Jesus. Before you eat your lunch at school, you make sure you bless your food. And you make sure that people are watching you because you're the only Bible that they have. Do we, do we teach them that? Or are we just playing with them at home where ain't nobody looking? Bless the food in the name of Jesus. Tell yourself I'm addicted to God. I'm not addicted to money. Addicted to God. Mm -hmm. Turn to Ecclesiastics. The fifth chapter. The tenth through the twentieth verse. Pastor Mahone, can you read that? When you get it? Uh, give me a five minute. Take your time. Uh, I got the whole Bible here. <laughs> I got a cold cup of coffee. Uh, I got to go get my other Bible. This Bible was torn apart. That's okay. Ed, where are you? Are you there? We lost. Carla, you want to read it? Yeah. Uh, can you give a, a thing again? Ecclesiastic, which chapter? The fifth chapter. The tenth. Oh, fifth chapter, okay. The tenth through. The tenth verse. The tenth verse, okay. So the twentieth verse. I'm sorry, the tenth through the twentieth verse? I'm sorry, the fifth chapter and which verse now? 10 and 20. 10 through 20. 5, 10, 20. 10. Okay, okay, God. Those who love money will never have enough. How meaningless to think that wealth brings true happiness. The more you have, the more people come to help you spend it. So what good is wealth except perhaps to watch it slip through your fingers? People who work hard sleep well, whether they eat little or much, but the rich seldom get a good night's sleep. There is another serious problem I have seen under the sun. Hoarding riches harms the saver. Wait, 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 Money wait. is Carla, can, put can you into start, Carla, can you, can you start that all over again? One more time. Let's hear that one more time. Okay. Where do you want me to start? Number the, the 10. 10. 10. Okay. Those who love money will never have enough. How meaningless to think that wealth brings true happiness. The more you have, the more people come to help you spend it. So what good is wealth except perhaps to watch it slip through your fingers? People who work hard sleep well, 
whether they eat little or much, but the rich seldom get a good night's sleep. There is another serious problem I have seen under the sun. Hoarding riches harms the saver. Money is put into risky investments that turn sour and everything is lost. In the end, there is nothing left to pass on to one's children. We will come to the end of our lives as naked and empty-handed as on the day we were born. We can't take our <clears throat> riches with us. And this too is a very serious problem. People leave this world no better off than when they came. All their hard work is for nothing, like working for the wind. Throughout their lives, they live under a cloud, frustrated, discouraged, and angry. Even so, I have noticed one thing at least that is good. It is good for people to eat, drink, and enjoy their work under the sun during the short life God has given them and to accept their lot in life. And it is a good thing to receive wealth from God and the good health to enjoy it, to enjoy your work and accept your lot in life. This is indeed a gift from God. God helps, God keeps such people. Hold on a second. Um, oh, shoot. Okay. God keeps such people so busy enjoying life that they take no time to brood over the past. Amen. Can somebody say I'm addicted to God? I'm addicted to God. And not to money. And not to money. Question this morning. Is wanting money a bad thing? Is desiring money a bad thing? No. No. No, not really. No. Come on now. It is not a bad thing. Why is it not a bad thing? The scripture just told us. Money is a gift from God. What if, what if I bought Erica a gift? I bought her one of them dolls that look for real. So real, change diapers. What if I bought her a gift? And the minute I handed her that gift, she either took that gift and threw it on the ground or that gift became her everything. Y'all don't talk to me no more because I have a doll right up. Oh, this is all I need on my baby and went overboard with it. People think she crazy, right? People think she crazy. She'll take it everywhere she went. Put it in a stroller. Feed it in the morning. They ain't paying no attention to nobody else. This, this, this doll here has become my Beelzebub or something. Okay. Money was given to us as a gift. <laughs> but it wasn't given to us to be something that becomes our God or addicted to. That's why the scripture says what? Y'all know the scripture. The love of money is what? The root, the root of, of all, all, evil. all evil. It's the root of all evil. And in this passage of scripture, this is what Solomon was talking about. He was talking about getting our love or 
ordinance twisted. It is easy to fall in love with money if you get lost in the chase of it. It was given to us as a gift. It doesn't belong to us. It was loaned to us, given to us by God. It has no real value as it pertains to God. God is our addiction and not the almighty dollar. I think God is calling us to put money back into perspective. Put it back to where it belongs. And if you listen to Solomon, he's letting us know that there are millions of multimillionaires who still seek after money. In the scriptures, they're not happy is what he says. Money doesn't bring you joy. Money will bring you rent. Money will bring you mortgage. Money will buy you clothes. Money will invest. But money can never give you life. And seeking the abundance of it is out of context with God. When it comes to the point where you think about it more than you think about God. The love of money has caused people to become creative in how they worship it. Because remember, it's been pregnated in our minds at youth that you gotta have money. And you can only be as mature as you are. So you're growing in the seed that's being planted in us from a young age. And if you're not careful, you will find yourself falling in love with it. Your worries in the morning is how am I gonna pay my bills? How am I going to pay my health insurance? How am I going to pay my credit cards? How am I going to pay my tithes? How am I going to get a, where am I going to work? That wasn't God's plan. His plan was to provide all of our needs according to his riches and glory. So how have we taken money and put it before God? We put God in the back and put the money first and say, I need these things. No, you need God. I'm addicted to God. I'm not addicted to the love of this money. I'm addicted to you, Lord. You are my provider. And so what it does, it causes a different reaction within the flesh. We'll find ourselves trying to beat the system. We're trying to lie on our taxes. We'll find ourselves stealing. We're finding people stealing our identity. All of this is because somebody has fallen in love with money and not in love with God. Someone has become addicted to money and not addicted to God. Well, they, 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 I don't know, they out selling drugs and then, 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 they, you can go here and you, you, you can get money here, bad money. But because it's money, we don't mind taking it. Well, if you don't mind taking bad money, then you don't mind playing around with other folks' false gods. Let me say that again. 
If we don't mind taking money that is not ordained by God, not all the money is good money. The love of it is not good money. If we don't mind playing around or taking it or being engaged in it, then we're also saying we don't mind being engaged with their false gods because money has become false gods to many people. We don't want that money. We want the money that is a blessing that was given to us by God. Is stolen money good money? Boosters. They go into the store selling, buying stuff, and oh, I can give it to you cheaper. Is that good money deal? I can just claim your kids on my taxes so I can get more money back. Is that a good money deal? Think about it. That's why we have all these scams and and phishing and and all of this stuff they're doing on the computers. And that's why we have all of those things. Smishing and phishing and y'all look all them words up. They're calling you on the phone, trying to talk you into giving you their information so that they can get your credit card number, so that they can spend your money. They're texting you on your phone and say, oh, you just want an iPhone so you can go in and put all your information in there. Scams. Why? Because somebody else has fallen in love with money and have not fallen in love with God. Anybody seen that? Let's open the scripture. It says, if you see the poor oppressed in a district and justice and rights are being denied, do not be surprised at such things. For one official is eyed by a higher one and other and over them both are others higher still. The increase from the land is taken by all. The king himself even profits from the field. Number 10, whoever loves money never has enough. Have you noticed that? Even the ones with the most money are still looking for money. So they're still miserable. They're still feeling without. Whoever loves money never has enough. Whoever loves wealth is never satisfied with their income. So it's all meaningless. Hmm. Does anybody want to chase after and love something that's meaningless? Jump down to 13. I have seen a grievous evil under the sun. Wealth hoarded to the harm of its owner. They're talking about people that just hoard over money. Who want to keep all their money to themselves. They're hoarding over and they're not giving it away. They're not helping others. They're obsessed over it. It works and it all works against them. That's what that scripture said. I got all this money. I want to keep all this money. I don't want to bless nobody. I don't want to help nobody. I don't want to give none of it away because I just want to keep what I have. Manna. Maggots. And the Bible says it harms the owner. So having a lot without the heart of God harms you. 
In other words, if you want money, you have to have a heart to give it away. Why? Because again, it is not ours. God created us to be joyous creatures, didn't he? He said, I came so that you could have joy. He wants us to be happy and peaceful and live. Right? Isn't that what the scripture says? And all of that is depending and and on and depending on him. But it says those who hoard money or want money, and that's all they think about is money, it's a harm to them. That's the scripture. That's not me. So if you get in a place well, that's all that you think about, that you're not addicted to God, but you're addicted to money. I got to get up in the morning. I got to go get money. I got to do this. I got to get money. I got to pay my bills and I got to get money. All you should be saying, I got God. I need God. I got to do this for God. I got to got God, 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 God. And you provide. That's his promise. That's what he promises. Number 14, it says, our or wealth lost through misfortune so that when they have children, there is nothing left for them to inherit, gambling and so forth. Everyone comes naked from their mother's womb. As everyone comes, so they depart. They take nothing from their toil they can carry to their hands. Just like you came in here with nothing, you're going to leave here with nothing. So why fight and kill each other over nothing? That's what it's saying. Everybody in this world came in here naked and without a penny. And when you leave here, you're going to leave here naked without a penny. So why do you spend more time being addicted to stuff and money? This is mine. I ain't giving it to Why should I give it mine? You know how many times I've heard that? Why should I pay my tithes? I got... I got bills to pay. Other folks can pay it. They got enough money. The pastor can pay it. <laughs> that one really gets me. The Bible says, everyone comes naked from their mother's womb. As everyone comes, so they depart. They take nothing from their toil they can carry in their hands. Somebody turn your Bibles to what is this? Job something. I'll read it to you. It says, and Job said, naked I came from my mother's womb and naked shall I return. This is Job agreeing with Solomon. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. The Lord's going to give you some dollars. Sometimes he's going to take some dollars away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Sometimes we're going to have money to pay our bills. Sometimes we not. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Sometimes someone homeless sitting on the corner may need your help. And you have it in your hand. Give it away. Why? Blessed be the name of the Lord. He'll give it back. Just as you give, God will give. You'll be surprised. There'll be a $500 check in the mail that you weren't expecting. Mm -hmm. 
there'll be someone come up to you and to give you something because you had a heart to give. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So we are, we know that when we leave here, we don't we don't go with no money in our pockets. Naked we came, naked we go. Then why are we seeking mm -hmm. each and every day with an addiction to the almighty dollar? Why do we wake up trying to be figure out how am I going to pay my bills? Shouldn't you be calling on God? Isn't he the bill payer? Why are we buying a thousand lottery tickets? Friend, Lord Jesus, bless this lottery ticket so that I can pay. No, I'm addicted to God, not to money. I'm addicted to the idea of God and not the idea of money. Money won't rule me, but my God will. Because when I leave this place, God's going to be there. My money's not coming. <laughs> In that word? Man. How about Luke, the 12th chapter? Can anybody get that and read it? Luke 12 and 16. God is whom I'm addicted to. Not these dead presidents. Not to money. Not to cars. Not to clothes. Not No. God is whom I'm addicted to. Luke, the 12th chapter. And the 16th through the 20th verse. Pastor Mahone, can you read that? Yes. One second. A little slow this morning. Okay. Luke 12, 16. Yes. And he told them this parable. The ground of a certain rich man produced a good crop. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of good things laid up for many years. Take life easy, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, this very night, your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? Hello. This is. That's good enough. Uh, there are oh. no Hugh Hall trailers hitched to the back of any funeral hearses I have not seen. There are no bank branches in heaven. There are no ATM machines in heaven. There's no investments in heaven. So why are we seeking money like it's going to get us into heaven? God wants to release us from our worry. And in that, he wants us to be able to eat and drink and be merry. But when we choose to worship or be addicted to something that has no real value, then there's an issue. We've got to put money back in perspective. I'm addicted to God and not to money. Number 16 says this, this too is a grievous evil. If everyone comes, so they depart. And what do they gain? Since they toil for the wind, 
all their days, they eat in darkness with great frustration, affliction, and anger. If we stopped right there after Solomon was speaking, we would think we were doomed for life. Remember, this is Solomon trying to tell them to put their perspective back in order. And it's easy to get out of order because the enemy places all these things in our face. You got to pay your rent. You got to pay your mortgage. You've got your car payment. You need food. You need shoes. You need drawers. He puts that all in our face. But those things in the spirit that are not in our face, those things that God will provide, we get it confused. And if you're not careful, you'll be addicted to the idea of money and God doesn't want that for you. Or for us, for me too. So the idea of us being taught by everyone from when we were a child to make all the money that we can, to, to whatever, we should want happiness. Solomon says, I was one of the richest, most affluent people who have ever lived. Money was nice. But if you think money makes you happy and fulfilled, you've made a big mistake. You lying to yourself. And that's paraphrasing. That's what Solomon's saying. I heard a sinner tell me, man, uh-uh, if I had billions of dollars, I'd be happy. Well, you wait till you get into those shoes. Because the scripture we read above said, that Carla read, is the more money you bring in, the more looters you got to take it away. The more people who are coming after it, the more bills are coming after you. Read it again. Whoever told you that money was the answer to your happiness lie to you that's satan himself god is your value hmm. god never intended for money to change us he wants us to know who we are remember when satan offered jesus all of the stuff in the desert i'll give you this i'll give you that and what did jesus do he stood firm and identify who he is. So this stuff that you offering me can't buy me. I've already been bought with a price. Hmm. Let's keep going. Then I'm going to shut up. What God I think is trying to get us to understand today that Christ is over us and spirit is over our flesh love is over our fear and hope is over our brokenness so we don't need to have this money that's being offered to us I'll give you this if you give me that we don't have to become addicted to Satan's please because he's given it to us no I'm addicted to God. Any car that you could give me, God can provide it better. Any house that you could give me, God will provide it better. How is that? Because God gives you just what is fitting for you. Flesh seems to always want what other people have. 
think the grass is greener on the other side. But when God gives it to you, it's perfectly suitable for your needs. Money was given to us as a blessing and not a curse. And if we allow the power of the air to lie to us and try to convince us that we need money, that we should love money so deep that that's what we seek after, then we've become confused. Tell yourself, I'm addicted to God and not to the money. If God gives it to me, hallelujah, I praise you for it, God. But don't feel like you need it, you worship it, and that you're addicted to it. Every day you wake up, I need some more money, Lord. How am I going to pay my You cry out to God, I need you, God. We give to God and God gives to us. He'll provide all of our needs. <laughs> but I wanted this kind of car. Well, God said it wasn't for you. That car might have flipped you over when you were driving. We don't know. God's not going to give us anything to set us up. When God gives you something, it's to bless you. And when you leave here, when you leave here, all them false gods that we've made, oh, my porcelain thing, oh, this is just, I spent all this money on this little ceramic thing. I'm not going to give anybody else no money. I'm not going to bless nobody. I'm not going to do nothing for nobody. I can't pay my tithe right now because mm, I got stuff I got to do. Oh, I got to go to the casino. Oh, Lord, I got to I got to get this fur coat. Go kill another animal so I can wear it. No, no, no. And all of that, every dollar, every penny God blesses us with should be uh, come from an appreciative place. Like, I thank you, Lord Jesus. I thank you for allowing my bills to be paid. I thank you, God, for just taking care of me. I thank you for the shoes that I wear. I've worn them out. That means you're about to give me some more. I thank you, God. But it ain't something I need. I need. I'm going to praise you this dollar right here. I'm going to kill somebody for it. I'm going to break insurance policy so I can get this money. I'm going to lie on my application so I can get this money. We ain't got to do that. We in this world, but we not of this world. We don't have to bow down to Satan's tricks. Tell yourself, I'm addicted to God. I'm addicted to God and not to money. I'm addicted to God and not to money. Can we praise God just for that? Any good? Any good? Any good? Yes, Any good? Yes, because he doesn't leave us. Uh -huh. Any good? Because he his promises always come through. Any good? Because he's opened up a little peephole for us to get into heaven. Any good? At this time, I turn you to the hands of our assistant pastor. Hallelujah. Any questions? Comments? Amen. I thank God for your message this morning. Yeah. Amen. Verse 34 reads, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Also. And that goes for, like Pastor Sam, for everything. If your heart is with people and 
for others, even though they've come against you, you will still be able to show them love. You will still be able to guide them in the path where God wants them to go. And that only comes by what Pastor was saying, that we put our heart into what God wants us to be thinking about. Where does your heart lie this morning, saints? If it's all about you, then it's a problem. If your heart goes out for others, for what God has called you to do, then that's a whole nother story. So check your hearts this morning as the word went forth. God was telling us to take a look at what's important in your life this morning. What is your heart like? And he said, the day you hear my voice, harden not your heart. You know this morning, if God was speaking to you, with your heart, you know, from, from the first syllable that went out this morning to the last, God was trying to set us in the path in which he wants us to go. Somebody's heart is not in the right place this morning. Somebody's thoughts are not going out the right way this morning. And God is speaking to you. He wants you to change, saints, because nobody knows when their number is going to be called. Right now, somebody just left here. Somebody else just left. Did I see somebody else leaving? Just now, somebody's number was called. God's given us a chance this morning to get right while the blood is yet running warm in your veins. So we're not going to call out this morning, but we're going to just take a moment to pray that if my heart wasn't right, that that word went out this morning and I'm going to get right while I still have a chance. So with every head bowed, I want you just to go to God this morning yourself. You know if that word was for you. And make sure before we get off this morning that before we go into our communion, that if God called your number today, heaven would be your home. Because many that say, he says, many are called, but few are chosen. He said that there's many going to knock and he's not going to answer. So while that blood is running warm today, we want you to get right with the Lord. So we're going to just tell you right now, close your eyes and you make sure that you get right with God. Father God, Lord, we come to you today, Father. We ask God that you would allow or give us a heart transplant, Lord Jesus, in the name of Jesus. For God, we do want to have a heart that leads to prosperity, the type of prosperity that you desire for us in the name of Jesus. Father, we pray that if we have given too much attention to the idea of money and not to the idea of you, God, we ask that you will forgive us right now, God, in the name of Jesus. And if there's any sin among our lives, God, because we know the enemy is low down and dirty, Father, we pray that you will allow us 
to, to just seek you in forgiveness. Even if we could remember it or we can't remember it, God, we want you to forgive us for every sin from the time we were born to the time we sit here now taking our breath. Father, we desire to have a clean slate with you in the name of Jesus as we go into communion, God. It's all about you, God. God, you died for us and you rose on that third day. And Father, we have not been perfect, but God, you opened up a door of repentance, God. And so we come wholeheartedly in repentance, God, in the name of Jesus. God, we repent, God, for everything that we have done, Father. For God, we understand that everything belongs to you, our life, our money, our everything, God, all belongs to you. And we give it back in remembrance at this moment as we go in to worship you through our communion. God, thank you for dying for us. Thank you for never lying to us. Thank you for always being there for us, not giving up on us when we deserved it. God, we just thank you. We thank you that last time, that last breath you took, God, we thank you. It is in your name, God, that we seal this prayer together. Amen. 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 Jesus, I'll never forget how you set me free. Jesus, I'll never forget how you brought me out. Jesus, I'll never forget, no, never. Jesus, I'll never forget what you've done for me. Jesus, I'll never forget how you set me free. Jesus, I'll never forget how you brought me out. Jesus, I'll never forget, no, never. I'll never forget, 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 no, never forget, never forget, I'll never forget, never forget, never forget, never forget, forget, never forget what you've done for me. Jesus, I'll never forget how you set me free. Yes. Jesus, I'll never forget how you brought me out. Jesus, I'll never forget no name